Welcome to the Light Your Heart with Hope podcast. I'm Erin, and I'm so thankful you're here. My hope and prayer are that through listening to today's episode, God will encourage you and do immeasurably more than all you can ask or imagine. Today, I have the blessing of sharing Scarlett's story with you. I can't remember the first time I met her, but what I do remember is her joy, her abundant joy and contagious smile. And yet, Scarlett has experienced tremendous suffering, suffering that continues day after day, but she refuses to let it define her. She has found purpose in her pain, a purpose found in Jesus. Maybe you're in the midst of your own season of suffering, questioning God, crying out to Him for help, searching for anything to bring you comfort and relief, wondering if healing will ever come or if you'll find joy again. But maybe after listening to Scarlet, you'll find a greater hope beyond your hurt, a hope that can only be found in Jesus. lived a very happy childhood. I was very active. I started cheerleading when I was in just third grade. (laughs) We, We lived on a farm. My parents divorced when I was two. So I went back and forth from my dad's to my mom's. I I grew up in Tennessee and I ran, I played. I had a cheered up into the point where I just couldn't no more after I became sick. I went to church on a regular basis when I was growing up. I learned about Jesus early. I got baptized along with my dad and my grandpa. Knowing who he was as a child, uh, I had a uh, great relationship with the Lord. I had big dreams. I always wanted to be an actress. <laughs> that was my dream <laughs> from the time I was just little. Our plans aren't always what happens, but that's okay. I enjoyed uh, my childhood so much that I would I would live it again. I became sick in the fall of 1995, and I began noticing a lamp in my left leg. Then I started experiencing symptoms such as spasticity and um, weakness. About half a year went by, and I continued to see doctors and specialists and undergo tests. And finally, in June of 1996, I was diagnosed with Crabbe disease, the adult onset form of Crabbe disease, also known as globoid cell leukodystrophy. When I was diagnosed, my family and I were informed that there was nothing that could be done. My family was told to take me home and keep me comfortable that I was looking at maybe five to 10 years for um, timeline. I was 16 at the time. They told me that my body would slowly deteriorate uh, over those five to 10 years, and I would uh, end up in a vegetative state until I eventually died. That was the beginning of a whole new life for me. 
after I was told that I only had five to 10 years and what I was looking at within those years, I, uh, I turned to alcohol. My, my plan, the plans for my life had took, you know, a, uh, a, did a 180 and I just was so mad to the point where I was so lost that alcohol was the only thing that seemed to, I don't know, comfort me. I even got to the point where um, the depression had set, had really set in again and, and at its close to its worst. Um, and I uh, began drinking so heavily that I, I just told those, you know, around me that I was going to die anyway. You know, that's just, that's what took over. And um, I had had so many prayers, though, that were lifted up. My parents, um, my family, and friends that just really started praying and and really hoping that um, you know the Lord would uh, the way again, uh, you know, show me the way in this new war that I was fighting. Finally, one day. I was sitting out on the front porch of my mom's home and um, I uh, had my Bible with me and the Lord led me to um, verses about prayer and faith. And that is what uh, led me to deal with, uh, with this diagnosis in a whole new way. Faith took us after two Two years of uh, thinking, you know, death was the only way uh, with this disease. Faith took us to learn that. No, you know, um, you have a chance. The doctors found that I had a chance. I could be saved through a bone marrow transplant. We had prayed and prayed for something to come along. And it did. It came along. I went and I fought and the Lord brought me through that transplant and I've seen my wedding day and I experience life every day now, just knowing the gift that he gave me and uh, that's, that's what become. That's what become, you know, uh, dealing with the uh, diagnosis was was a uh, whole battle of its own. But um, it's amazing how God worked. Just amazing. I met my husband in high school and um, we didn't actually get together until a year after he graduated. But. He, uh, we got together in the summer of 1995. I became sick, of course, like I said, in the fall. We were told that death was what was to come. And before that, you know, I was going to slowly deteriorate. And so after I became sick, um, my mother asked Brent, told him that uh, we knew that this was what was to come. 
and that if he wanted to go ahead and leave, you know, um, to go ahead because she she didn't want to see me getting hurt. And so Brent told her that that moment he said, I'm not going anywhere. I want to stay with her for the rest of my life, for the rest of her life. From June of 1995, he's been by my side and he takes care of me. I, I, I say, you know, he's he's an angel in disguise. He really is. We saw our wedding day on August um, 26, 2000. Um, that was two years after the bone marrow transplant. What's great about it is that Dr. Edwin Kolodny, a neurologist that I saw in New York, he told my mom, he said, tell her that she'll dance on her wedding day. And it happened. (laughs) I danced with Brynn on her wedding day. When my mom and I traveled to um, Minnesota, Minneapolis, for the transplant, the week before I was to go into the hospital, I was to the point of almost backing out. But, and this is something that just the Lord, I say the Lord works in mysterious ways. Um, there was a little girl there who had uh, had a transplant the year before. For some odd, odd reason, she came into uh, my life. They had told us about You know, I don't remember what was wrong with her. She was just around five, though. And they had told us that she had was there for her checkup. And they went on to tell us, you know, more about her story and stuff. Well, when we finally we finally and I don't know why we waited to the last to ask her name. um, We asked what her name was and her name was Hope. And I just knew I just knew that. This was what was meant for me to do, that that it was meant for me to have this transplant that the Lord would bring me through. And he did. He brought me through. It was it was a battle, a battle of itself. But he my faith, my prayers in my faith and and so many prayers behind me just took me through. There has been many times that I've been scared each time and and I still become scared you know today even though I had the disease and the progression was stopped there's not a lot of uh patients like me I should say that um live with this disease in their older years and so they're not really sure what may come of it so as new symptoms may come I get scared still but I still do what I always did after that, that one day of sitting there on the front porch. And that's, I turned to him. I turned to the Lord. And I tell him, you know, Lord, I'm scared. I, I don't know what is to come. I, I don't know what your plans are. I continue, you know, in prayer. His word helps me. His word. I turned to his word for answers and, and it never fails. Uh, whether I have to search and search, it never fails. I'm always finally given an answer. 
I really am. Whether it be the answer I'm looking for or not, it is also an answer of comfort. It's just what comforts me. And it's what gives me the strength to fight and the strength to carry on. So that's what I do when I'm scared. When I got mad, I got mad that at what was happening to me, I kind of got mad at myself because I felt like I had brought this on. I've never been able to get mad at God. I just can't do it because he, when I look at my life, you know, when I look at the fact that I have life, he gave me that. I'm so undeserving in so many ways. You know, we, we as humans have our sinful ways and yet he loves us so. I think about what has come of my life and, and when I struggle each day, I, I just, people ask, are you mad because you're in a wheelchair? Yes, I'm discouraged. I get discouraged every day, but not at God. I just, I can't do it. I just, there's something inside of me that knows God has an answer. He, he has his way. He has a reason. I just know that. And I know that that reason is one that one day I'm not going to be able to fathom. It's going to be so wonderful. I mean, when, when he tells me why I'm going to, I'm going to be just amazed. Um, I just know it. Uh, And so I can't get mad at him and I don't. I'm a social butterfly, people say, but I, and so I do like going and I do like seeing people. So when I'm home alone, um, you know, there's no one to talk to. Uh, it gets lonely, but, but when I get so lonely that I get in tears, that's when I turn to the Lord as well. Um, I know he's listening. He listens all the time. When I get lonely, that's what I do. I turn to the Lord, a conversation, because I do believe he answers in some way. And um, that that's just, and, and it always comforts me. I wake up in the mornings and Brent, my husband, he, uh, he helps me out of bed and helps me get dressed. He fixes my breakfast. Of course, I take my medication and and all that good stuff that still required. Each day consists of my de- being dependent on someone else, and that it's frustrating uh, at times. There's times that it gets very frustrating because. I so much would love to be the one that gets up and fixes breakfast and cleans the house and cooks dinner and does things for Brent that he needs, you know, done. And so that's very hard. That that really can get to me at times. With that being as it is, 
I have to be grateful because the Lord has blessed me with that, with Brent, um, and and with family and and friends, and with abilities to having been told that you have five to 10 years to live and that your body is going to slowly deteriorate until you're in a vegetative state. When you compare that to my life today, how can I not be thankful? And so, you know, it's, it's, um, it's hard and it's, um, it's challenging every day, but that's what I reflect on. It's my blessings. My journey has been so amazing. When I was in the hospital at night, when I would stay by myself, you know, I was I was so lonely then, and I would cry, but I would talk to Jesus. And it's like I knew I could feel him in the room with me. It's like I, I didn't hear any a voice, of course, but but it's. I could feel it. I could feel this, these answers come to me and in this comfort that I had never known before. I had never experienced. And I love to tell people about that because it was so special. People, I, I, I wish, I pray that each person gets to experience the Lord in a way like that. Knowing what the Lord has done for me is what helps me overcome the pain, the challenges and the hardships. I still have a hard time seeing the little ones with this disease. Um, I I used to have a really hard time uh, struggling with what was happening, you know, with the kids and stuff. And and it would really bring me down and everything. And though the Lord told me finally, yes, this is happening, but Scarlett, it's happening for a reason, a reason, you know, yet that I will, that I understand. He told me that each child has their story and I have mine. And each child's story, when I look at their stories, yes, they're suffering, but they're living these lives that it's more of a life than a person of 100 years, these children. They're, They're just, they're little, to me, they've become my little heroes. They, they give me this strength um, that, that makes me wake up in the morning and remember to be thankful. They give me this strength to go to physical therapy and try and, and stay strong. They give me this strength to try new things, to pay attention to what's around me. They just, that's where my strength comes from is from, um, you know, the the stories of these precious children that though they suffer are such blessings. I mean, blessings that no one, I, I can't explain to anyone how 
how much, how big of blessings they are to me. You know, I've dealt with not only this disease of the disease of Crabay, I've also I also deal with the disease of depression. And I have dealt with depression since I was probably 13, which was before I became sick with Crabay. Being in the situation I'm in with what Crabay has done to me, the depression can easily come on. Throughout um, the suffering and, and the pain that I fight, the answer to finding your comfort and your strength is in the Lord. That is where if, if there was anything I could do for someone that's suffering and that's in pain, I would first of all pray for them. And then I would tell them to seek the Lord because that's where your comfort lies and that's where your strength lies. If if you don't believe me, that's okay. But would you at least give it a try and, and seek the Lord and see if he does not answer? I myself promise you, he will in some way. You just have to be prepared. Jesus is everything. He's he's the light of day. He's the stars at night. He's he's the love that you feel. He's he's the strength that you get when you just you just decide I'm going to do it. I'm going to go through with it. I'm going to make it to the other side. Jesus is everything. And without Jesus in your life, I, I don't know how you would live it. I don't know how you would live life without Jesus because he is everything. We've been given this gift by our Father this gift of life. Not only did he give us his word to guide us, he gave us his only begotten son to die on a cross that for our sins, through that, if we believe in his resurrection, our sins are washed away and we're given eternal life. And that is what life is. That's what life is. Life is Jesus. And that's that's what I have to, you know, really, that's what I really want people to know. Jesus is everything. And yet, When we're surrounded by suffering, we can find ourselves searching for anything and everything apart from him to ease the pain. But Jesus 
He is the anything and everything we need. He's the strength in our suffering. He's the greater purpose in our pain. He's the life when we feel lifeless. He's the hope when we're hopeless. He was, is, and always will be the answer. He's Jesus, and he's everything. If you want to learn more about Scarlet, you can find a link in the show notes. Join us Friday for our immeasurably more mini message, where my mom and I will talk about Jesus and why Jesus is everything. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that Scarlet's story encourages you to share your own story. You matter. Your life matters. And your story can make an impact that matters for eternity. Make a difference today for someone who is fighting for their tomorrow.